Welcome to Mothering, a podcast that explores Indian mothering through true stories. I am Veena Hari, a mental health professional, a feminist, a mother, and founder of Bhavati Foundation, a not-for-profit that works on reproductive mental health. There are so many things I wish someone told me before I became a mother. But the true mothering stories of Indian women are rare and hard to find. This podcast hopes to bring these stories together. We ask some uncomfortable questions about the way things are around mothering today and find some unexpected answers to the rich and varied lived experiences of our guests. So grab a steaming cup of your favorite beverage and get comfortable for this heart-to-heart to find all joy and some tears in these true stories. I hope you find the story you need to hear. Do you have a 4am friend? The one who knows you best and who's there for you no matter what time it is. In today's episode, I talked to my 4am mom friend, Menka Warrior. When I was in the trenches during postpartum, her wisdom and humor has saved me on many days. You're up for such a treat just listening to Menka and the unique way in which she moves through the world, thoughtfully and with care. We talk about mothering as a full-time job, and the nuances of her journey to become the parent she is. We share one commonality. We both have husbands who are very feminist, sometimes more than we are, and we talk about how that is such a unique privilege to have. This conversation for me is much more than an episode. It is one link of what I hope to be a giant human chain of one mother holding the hand of the next and wading through this journey of mothering together. Here is to the one who held my hand. Welcome to our podcast, Minka. I'm so, so thrilled to have you on today. And I'm so grateful for you to agree to come on. Thank you for having me. It's just, I mean, such an honor for me to have somebody ask about my story. So Menika is an educator. She's done her master's in English literature. Uh, and since then, she's taught people of different age groups, including toddlers, middle schoolers, and even engineering students. Uh, currently, her work involves co-parenting her three-and-a-half-year-old son and one-and-a-half-year-old son uh, with her husband. So, yeah, I, I think that is like work and, I mean, so, so much more than work because with work, there is a, there is a time to clock out. With this, there is no yeah. need to clock out back, <laughs> you know. But, you know, it is so important for, I mean, and I insisted on, like, I mean, you know, I insist on calling it work. Like, this is work. Like, I, it's something that I need to remind myself also that, you know, I'm, this is as worthwhile as any job that anybody does, if not more. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That is so true. And, you know, uh, so much, so much of dynamics have changed post-pandemic uh, for women, I think, especially so. And, uh, Anyway, we we work double, right? So I, I my favorite part or quote about this is that uh, there are women, there are no women who don't work. There are only women who don't get paid for their work. Uh, and I think that yes. is 
exactly. absolutely what uh, this context is and the pandemic has shifted that because first women at least had two sections to their day right so you go to work you do your office work and then you come back home and then you do it all over again at home with everything and now everything is like melded in together and everything has become just you know work life balance is no longer a balance it's just one giant bheel puri it's a yeah absolutely i i love that i was going to say blob but i think bheel puri is better <laughs> Right. So with that, I think that's a perfect way to also segue into how we met and what our story is. So I think when I was uh, smack in the <laughs> middle of being pregnant and having a baby, uh, I was completely lost in the trenches. I was completely losing perspective of what is happening. It was a hard time. It was also hard because I didn't have any friends uh, who had that, who had either had the experience. or who were wiser because they have you know been through that right so i was yeah, absolutely yeah. you know in uh, uh, thin air kind of floating about and uh, a friend <laughs> kind of us shared your number uh, and i reached out to you and i know you were so kind because i you have replied to all my obsessive messaging <laughs> at all hours of the time uh, whether it was about poop or milk or you know and what not uh, and you know Yeah. and really being kind with all the hysteria that i literally came on with um and uh, like you said you know the, the way you frame things have been uh, such a lighthouse for me honestly manika throughout my whole experience <laughs> i could not imagine uh, not having uh, you come on and share your story because i know for me your story is what showed me the path on so many ways <laughs> so yeah just I'm thank so you so happy to hear that <laughs> thank you you know you ha- i have to tell i have to say that uh, i was so um, i mean i i felt like i needed to pay it forward because when i was pregnant and scared and in the trenches like you said uh, i had a friend uh, who had just been through the whole thing and she was the one that i was texting frantically about everything all the time and it was i felt such a relief to have her that i felt like you know every woman whoever goes through this must have somebody to talk to about it that is going through it along with them you know it's not just uh, i mean sure mothers and grandmothers have stories from long ago and like you know they have great advice mm-hmm. but uh, it is so much more reassuring to hear it from somebody who's going through it or has just gone through it recently to know okay this is normal <laughs> you know Yeah. So I was. I'm very happy that I could provide it for somebody. Yeah, you paid <laughs> it forward. So and how, Manika? And how? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a huge change in our lives, right? Like motherhood is the. Uh, it's a, a shift in the entire uh, in, in the dimension of our lives, you know. And uh, there is so much unknown in the on the other side. that uh, everybody wants who has already been through it and is on the other side everybody has something to give and it's such a wide like spectrum of experiences everybody has a different experience so you don't know what's real and what's not and you know and like you said some experiences are very old some experiences are very different and it's just very very scary so it is absolutely um, and no but one thing is that it's important to have that also like you know yeah, age yeah. old experience uh, also helps in many ways uh, but uh, to have someone 
going through it with you is just so important i feel <laughs> and i'll tell you one more reason why i think it is more important to also have someone who's in our age and our generation uh, and i think that segues well into my first question to you you know and that is uh, do you do you identify yourself as a feminist do you think or do you call yourself that and could you share a little bit about you know that's a part of your identity uh yes i i do call myself a feminist although um i'm not a uh, what's the word for it it's i'm not a i'm not a loud feminist mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm a very uh, quietly defined <laughs> feminist like i will very quietly defy <laughs> social conventions that don't follow my feminist mm-hmm. viewpoint but uh, i don't and that's a problem with a lot of people including my husband that you know i'm not more vociferous about my opinions and more uh, mm. uh, forthright with it but this works for me so yes i do con- consider myself uh, a feminist but a quiet feminist <laughs> i love that i love the way you describe that <laughs> okay <laughs> so uh, and that's so like i said that's the reason why because uh, a lot of times uh, i question or i think twice about experiences shared uh, from at least my mother i, I know everyone has different kind of experiences with them because this is something which i think is very different about us right i'm a very very staunch feminist if you may <laughs> if i may use that word and i know that uh, for my mother it's not something that's very central to her identity uh she's feminist in her own ways and you know there are some mind blowing ways in which she will reveal her feminism which will shock me you know <laughs> in those moments uh but largely that's the thing i keep asking and that's the you know uh, kind of overlying theme like what would a feminist do in this situation you know and with mothering it's such a it's like literally as they say the last bastion of patriarchy it's the last place where this is not seeped in so how does your feminism translate into the way you mother and you know your experience with uh, mothering um it's very central to the way i mother i think and it's uh, because um gender identities are like uh, fixed almost i mean even before you know the baby is born like you know if your bump is a certain way it's a boy mm. <laughs> and, you know and uh, it's so important for people to know whether it's a boy or a girl or a girl like when you've had a baby that's the first question they ask you uh, you know and uh, from there on like a whole i have noticed like such a that's the t- different kinds of biases that you see because of like you know having known your known the child's gender that uh, and i and i wanted to always i've always wanted to protect my kids from that you know uh, i've always wanted to ensure that they grow up as humans and have human values and uh, not boy value girl value this is what i mean like tried i've tried to shelter that kind of information from them as far as possible uh because i mean at least at home i can control that right like when they go out they are going to be exposed to all sorts of biases i mean if, forget out like you know even with like the elder generation my parents my husband's parents even like when they come in like if i if the kid is wearing a pink t-shirt they're like oh you're wearing a girly t-shirt you know <laughs> so uh i mean so at least i can control as much as 
my reactions are to them and uh, so even like you know when i refer to them i don't i can't i find it very difficult to say my boys <laughs> because uh, you know that that word like brings connotations like toy guns and football <laughs> <laughs> i don't see my kids like that you know um, like i would rather have i mean like you know my kids one has a uh, soft toy like like a what do you call it a toy uh, owl as his mm-hmm. favorite and the other one has a toy rabbit <laughs> both are soft toys and that's their favorite toys <laughs> Uh, definitely not football and toy gun <laughs> wielding children so uh, so everything like you know um, i have a little kitchen set for them mm-hmm. uh, that they often play with um, they are often helping me in the kitchen to uh, you know cook food they helping me set table and i don't see this as a you know i'm not like introducing them to female uh roles and you know trying to get them to be like have both it's just a I mean, basic survival skills <laughs> like i would like them to know how to cook and it should be part of their uh, up, like it should be part of what they do uh uh like brushing their teeth like making a sandwich for themselves it should be the it should be equivalent yeah, is what i believe so you know so uh um when i'm when i'm sort of uh when i feel like i'm imparting knowledge to my children which is <laughs> i mean although i'm imparting all the time there's very few times that i feel like i have control over what i'm teaching the children <laughs> <laughs> i always try to make sure that it is sort of gender neutral sort of mm-hmm. not uh, not talk thinking about this is what boys do this is what girls do um a lot of the stories we tell them there are female pilots and uh, you know uh, aunties that are uh, you know running a company type of things so yeah so it's a conscious it's something that we have to consciously do because it doesn't come naturally to us because that's not how we were raised right you know so it's like a there's a constant reminder that you know uh i'm going to raise feminists boys <laughs> you know i have to make sure that my stories involve these kind of characters and my and the play that i give them will you know be that so it's it's a conscious effort but i ensure that there is like uh it's kind of gender neutral <laughs> yeah that's amazing and in terms yeah. so this is also you know uh, in terms of practice uh we were talking also i remember about uh, your decision through working and choosing to you know take a break if you can also talk us through that and does how does that also kind of interlink with this is kind of related to what we're talking about right who does what essentially right that is the whole question uh, we are looking at so if you can talk yeah. us through how did you navigate that um so with the before i mean like when i got pregnant itself uh, i had decided that you know i will go back to working as soon as i can i would like to you know it whatever i mean the company gave me a six month break mm-hmm. uh, maternity break and immediately after that i would like to rejoin because i had a good job mm-hmm. uh, and i wanted to get back to it um uh so there was 
at that point of time there was no real question about uh, what will i do with my career and there was in fact uh, i mean there was no sort of pressure from either side that you know oh you know now your role is changing you know now it is time for you to take care of the ch- nobody ever said that to me thankfully um in fact uh, when i chose to quit later on people questioned me like now you sure you want to be just a housewife <laughs> you know uh but uh, at that point of time uh, i'm glad that uh, i had support when i said i wanted to go back to work and uh, i did uh, it was uh, um six months after uh, uh, kabir was born i uh, joined back uh, and like i was integrated right back into the company it took me a little time to get adjusted to you know getting back to work there was whole the whole drama of having to express milk and keep it with uh, the uh, the my mother who was taking care of uh, the kid while i was at work and you know the whole adjustment of uh, uh, being apart from the child and all mm-hmm. of that uh took a while but uh, i felt like i had gotten back into the groove of working i felt like i was uh, you know right there and then we had a major change we shifted uh, we moved cities mm-hmm. and uh, uh our support system became smaller and okay. uh, our lifestyles kind of took a i mean went through a bit of a change because you know a uh, new city to know so many people Mm-hmm. uh and because of all of that uh, my work pressure increased like i uh, found i felt like i was uh getting very stressed out at work and uh, so i decided you know okay i'm going to take a break and it also happened that i got pregnant again uh, around the same time and uh, so then i was like okay now i'm going to take a break from work i will join back soon as soon as i can i will you know maybe once the baby the, the second baby becomes 6 months old maybe i will start working then uh was what i had thought in mind so at that point of time also it was always there was, there was never going to be a break as such there was never going to be a you know complete stopping of work of any sort i had always thought i'd be getting back into the same uh, kind of work uh i was doing but then when i did quit and then the pandemic hit and mm. uh the world came to a standstill um i feel uh, everything changed for me as well um i have had quite a shift in my careers as my career as well in the sense uh, initially i was teaching at a school and i mean uh i was in the teaching line and then i moved into uh, content development for an education based company so it was like a jet desk job so that break kind of uh, like you know t- having taken that break and then having to take care of two children mm. uh and then the pandemic and then everybody being locked inside the house a whole lot of things shifted in my head <laughs> you know and uh, at this point in life um i would uh, 
I'm at that point where I feel like, you know, yes, I want to work. Yes, I want to do something other than just parenting. But right now, I'm doing as much as I possibly can. I have a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old. The fact that they are eating healthy and sleeping well is an achievement enough for me. <laughs> is hard work enough for me. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so I, as long as it, this is going to feel like hard work, I'm going mm-hmm. to stick to doing this. And, and uh, then afterwards, I will see what I want to do. You know, and then it's going to be, I know for a fact, it's going to be a whole soul searching, painful experience of how to get back into the working uh, culture, what to do with myself, who's going to take me after like so many, I mean, a couple of years of break, what's what's going to be out there for me. It's going to be a whole, and that thought is already like daunting, (laughs) but for now, I'm just going to be like, this is it. Let let me concentrate on this. Let me do this well. Let me not uh, overfill my plate. So that's where I am. And I really, I truly do admire the way in which, you know, the restraint in this, right? And it's not easy, right? It's not easy to breathe and say that, well, this is my plate and it's full. And, you know, I'm not going to put on more. I think at least... I can say that for the time that we are in, we are so filled with things and, you know, places to be, things to do, uh, you know, it's almost like another kind of pandemic going on, right, where everyone is just overstretched and, you know, spread out so thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been, it's taken, a, it's taken a lot of soul searching, it's taken a lot of tears, a lot of effort to, you know, come to this acceptance that this is enough I am enough because uh, I mean I, I had you know uh, in the, in the uh, during the first lockdown uh, when uh, my second one was still like you know uh, not mobile let's just say <laughs> it was much easier and we were, simpler times we were still simpler times oh <laughs> when children are not mobile so much easier like people think that the newborn stage is the most difficult no (laughs) (laughs) it's when they start like moving around and attacking things that it's become more difficult and that's what I see like I'm sure that like older my children get the more difficult it's going to be (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So at at the time when uh, you know Kedar was still manageable and like on the bed, <laughs> and there was only Kabir to take care of, uh, I had like started doing a little bit of uh, freelance work, and uh, we were with in, in we were with my in laws, so I had more support also, uh, and so I said like you know let's do a little bit, let's sort of you know I'm feeling like I'm not. Uh, being worthy enough or I'm um, feeling like I'm being a, what's the word for it uh, you know the the dependent uh, <laughs> needs to be fed, taken care of by everybody can not independent not uh, not, not self-sufficient so I mm. need to sort of earn, feel like I'm doing something worthwhile and I started working and it was uh, I did a little bit but it was so stressful that I had to give it up again and, uh, you know, it was such a painful thing to say, you know, I can't do it. Like, I can't be independent. I can't, <laughs> you know, and uh, my more of a staunch feminist husband is the one who helped me <laughs> through. 
he he was like you know why, why does why do you have to feel like you know you're you're only worth how much you earn for this family like why can't you be taking care of the children be as important as Absolutely. you know <laughs> and that got me thinking and then and that's when i just like oh wait yeah that's another way of looking at things <laughs> you know yeah it's funny you mentioned that because this is something that is so uh, just recently i was reading about it and something that stayed with me was this concept of independence right and how how it is honestly a very colonial concept in that sense right because before that we have this concept of interdependence right and everybody does exactly. not do everything you know everyone has yeah. a place a role and uh, again not to kind of go all the way around to gender stereotypes and be like a woman's place is at home but no it is that there is not just one way of being worthy right like you said you're in 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 another perspective uh, your sons and your husband are dependent on you for basic functioning yeah. at home right so if you flip the view uh, it's very unfair it's very capitalist of us to see it from the point of view that only the one bringing in money is the one who's independent well what about the one who's exactly. making that bringing in of the money possible you know when yeah. he's ensuring that the house doesn't burn down while he's out doing exactly. that exactly <laughs> absolutely i know i know it can be really hard because it's also very uh the other thing that this reminds me of that we were talking about is uh the pressure to be career and uh you know fabulous at home like that uh, balance you know it's it's no yeah. longer a choice right and yeah well uh it has been a choice for me thankfully and uh and uh, i f- I'm, i'm i'm very very grateful for everybody around me that it has become a choice for me but i have felt that with the with my parents you know mm-hmm. uh, like my mom did not have a choice i mean she had to go to work she had to be great at her work and she had to be good at home like you know and uh, uh, i mean in that generation i remember i remember feeling like you know I, f- i feel like uh, there was more of a struggle like you know need mm-hmm. to uh, need to do this also need to do that also need to make enough money for to like give my child a good life kind of a thing and so both at least my parents both were working and i felt that kind of pressure there and uh, in fact having grown up with that pressure now i feel you know not having that pressure i'm a little uncomfortable <laughs> out of my depth <laughs> i don't know i don't know if this is the right thing to do <laughs> but i'm just yeah but yeah that's that that has been another reason why i've been quest- constantly questioning you know uh, whether this is what i should be doing or not but yeah but you know another thing uh, uh, that uh, it uh, brings is 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 that the uh, the question of your identity like mm-hmm. you know when you're when you're uh, when you're thinking of yourself as a person right now uh, right now when i'm thinking and frankly all of these questions like i'm thinking about only because you're asking me questions uh, asking me about them otherwise i have no time to answer these questions glad <laughs> <laughs> glad to bring no complication in your life always delight <laughs> but <laughs> the point that you know uh who am i like as an as a as a person 
my identity is very strongly a mother you know a uh, homemaker uh, taking care of the home right now but i'm always constantly asking myself is that it you know is that all i am it's the do i want to be more than this do i when like you know uh, when people introduce me do i want them to say more about myself about me uh, and that's a that's a constant uh, you know uh, that is the next struggle that i'm going through right now not knowing if this is what i want to be known as or this is all that i want to be known as or you know that <laughs> so i think this uh, i have a couple of questions that i find this extremely interesting what you're talking about because it is so so up <laughs> right up you know stuff that you know i think so many of us have gone through uh i can honestly say uh when i want had to go back to work again my son was 6 months old um uh, again very good job no no reason to not do it okay uh and that transition of leaving him home uh i also had a little bit of you know i think uh, seeing people around me i know uh, of a lot of women who've regretted you know leaving their children at that time and you know that mom guilt yeah. that remains for like 20 30 years you know and i mean i think that for me feels heartbreaking okay so i had all of that baggage as well and then you know okay no 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 um, i'm going to quit i'm going to quit i can't do it like you know that was the the knee jerk reaction and of course uh, again i must admit even my husband is more feminist than i am uh, you know and like can you breathe through this and give it another day <laughs> before you completely <laughs> throw away like 10 years of work experience and everything you know in that moment yeah. uh, but i think it's very important because how do you inhabit being a mother as an identity and how do you accommodate all your other identities with it because motherhood has this kind of tendency <laughs> to edge everything else out of the frame <laughs> you know yeah. so how how do you yeah. do that because it's not just about work identity that's one part you know also as an adult as a friend as a partner you know there are so many more parts to us that we kind of do our sexual parts that just completely go somewhere you know outside so how do you inhabit yeah. that navigate that uh yeah so thanks to the pandemic and having moved to a new city just before a pandemic i have very little social circle around me you know right now uh, I, my social circle is about say a group of five people that i meet on a regular basis uh, who are all kind of connected to my husband <laughs> either his family or his uh, colleagues Uh, who have become very close friends admittedly and my friends as much as his uh but uh, my point is that you know uh, i haven't gone out and like i don't have an exclusive uh, relationship with people in this city uh so my role my my identity as a say friend is like a distant relationship with people in bombay <laughs> Uh, or you know other friends who are now abroad uh and uh, and uh yeah they have all sort of kind of all those roles have kind of taken a 
taken a i wouldn't say a back seat but like there is a scheduled time for them you know mm-hmm. i am mom from say 7 am to 9 pm and then when the kids go to sleep life is like like <laughs> now i can start living yeah <laughs> so, yeah so now when uh, like when things have to happen when like uh, we're planning uh, uh, things or and like i said like you know because my, all my friends and uh, my cousins who are very close to are uh, not in the same city uh, they are always talking over the phone and all those calls are usually after 9 o'clock so <laughs> and uh, my identity uh, other than that of a mother starts post 9 pm <laughs> yeah and yeah but um, yeah that's the that's the major difference i feel um yeah there are so many other uh, like i'm i'm like when i'm thinking about it right now like i'm thinking of all the various people around in my life that that you know uh i have my interactions have become less with and because of you know having to take care of the children having that as my entire like that taking up my entire attention and now like while i'm talking to you i'm beginning to realize that holy wait we got to do something about it and uh, yeah uh, i it's like i said you know these are not things that you that i have time to think about during the day i don't like uh, by the end of the day you're so exhausted you don't want to think of these things right <laughs> and uh, so it hasn't like occurred to me until just now that you know the whole bunch of my identities have kind of become submerged thanks to being a mom and there's no i mean you can't there's no other way about it there's there couldn't have been another way right. with it because uh, i mean if it was just i mean if it was just one child it would have still been easier right uh if it, with maybe if my children were a little spaced it would have been easier i don't know i'm not sure uh but yeah i think i'm going to have to wait another year at least before i can start <laughs> rediscovering my various identities right but luckily i'm very grateful to uh the fact that my relationship with my husband hasn't changed so you know at least that relation the as you know spouses we've maintained our uh, relationship and that's that's I'm very grateful for that yeah that's a big one that's really a big one big one <laughs> yeah because i think and this is the one of the most uh, not talked about topics about uh, entering parenthood and that is the impact it can have on your marriage uh sometimes not so good right it, it's it's a hard time you're hard pressed for resources uh in terms of yeah. primarily time right and in those first absolutely crazy newborn months sleep right it's it's all so in short supply and everything so it's so like you know from the time that the baby is born firstly the fact that you know it's a whole new life for both of you and uh, it's a whole shift in your entire dimension you know like there is that your life is going to be completely different from now on and like you know you have to uh 
you have to learn to live with that. You have to learn to figure your way out through that. And uh, it has to be something that you and your partner have to do together, you know, figuring that out. I mean, it, and the only way you can do it is through communication, right? But when do you communicate when baby <laughs> is screaming or when you're like sleep deprived and you're, you you don't want to pull your hair out? So yeah, it's it's difficult. It's really difficult. But somehow, uh, the, the what we found, what uh, and it's really it's a very I don't know whether it's a good thing or not, but it's it's helped us. My husband and I always text. <laughs> so our relationship has always been through text mm. so like even while I'm feeding the baby I'm having a conversation <laughs> with my I husband I think that's important yeah 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 absolutely absolutely so, because I mean, is- you have to find some way of uh, you know navigating through this together and uh, the way I feel it so you know I've seen some partner some uh, couples you know go through um, uh a difficult time because you know their roles in the uh, yeah, dynamic the, and the baby's life is different mm-hmm. and uh, they are they feel like it's uh, they're having a different experience from each other mm-hmm. and so they are not able to sort of uh, you know connect. come together and connect on uh, many things uh, with my husband and me it was uh, you know, he insisted on wanting to be part of everything. And I insisted on him wanting to be a part of everything. So we were always like, no, no, you have to be here. You have to experience this as much as I do. <laughs> so we, we kind of ensured that we had common experiences that we, we could share and we could discuss. And very often, uh, you know, that discussion, that reliving of those discussions with other people mm-hmm. <laughs> or... Uh, so reliving of those experiences with like friends or you know talking about it months later is what kind of brought us together you know held us together and now we feel like it's a storm we'll be facing together more than you know like whatever yeah so beautiful Manika. that's so beautiful I think it's it's such a uh keen observation from your side that this is what it's been like uh, for you all and now that you share it I think I can relate to it a little bit because um, and you know I think this also connects to the next question I'm going to ask you but I'm going to just tell you a little bit when when my son was born uh, me and my husband were in a long distance situation because he had been right. uh, yeah. moved to uh, Delhi for work and so my last few months of pregnancy and uh, I mean the fun part that is the third trimester uh, you know how much fun that is <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the first six months of my son uh, he wasn't here uh, I mean he would visit every month and everything and you know we have this whole argument every time I say he wasn't here because he's like dude I was here this 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 time but, but essentially <laughs> you weren't living here okay so you visited yeah right? yeah so I realized that that was the phase during which I must have shared the most with him in terms of each nuance of my experience. Uh, the 3 a.m. poop blowouts uh, to, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, the pain, the, you know, dark thoughts, everything would go in a text. And in that sense, a text can be really intimate, okay? Because you yeah. don't have to worry about, for example, if I think of the same situation, had he been asleep next to me, 
uh, you know, I would have probably looked at him, seethed in resentment a little bit, not be able to, because you can't really wake a person up and tell them that, dude, this is what happened, right? And then yeah. next day morning, you know, he has no idea that this is what has happened because I think we overrate uh, also, I feel when you live together, when you're in the same room, communication goes down. Because a lot of things mm. are taken for granted. And I think the pandemic is a brilliant example uh, of this, yeah. of how much physically you can be in the same space and emotionally you can be like on different planets. So the intimacy yeah. text and its relevance in keeping marriages together, I think it completely, <laughs> I think this also, so again, this is an underrated uh, uh, kind of ability of the text. And that is in the brain fog that is new parenthood, I never said this. Well, I have a text <laughs> that you did. <laughs> so it's ongoing documentation of everything. <laughs> like... so every argument is cleanly sorted out. There is no, oh, but I remember and you remember. <laughs> I hope my husband That's doesn't true. listen to this episode. <laughs> Let's just open it. <laughs> Stays here, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, which brings me to America. How does how has the pandemic changed uh, the way you parent, and how's that? Because I know, and it's a fun time to move <laughs> just before a pandemic. Right? Yeah. So how's that? Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a mixed bag, honestly. I feel uh, so it it was very difficult. In fact, um, during the first uh, the first lockdown, I had a newborn you know so uh, we weren't stepping out at all uh, uh, Kabir wasn't able to go we weren't even taking him downstairs for a walk because I mean even that was kind of restricted right and uh, the fear around like you know illness the, the constant uh, the constant uh, worry that you know something or the other is going to happen. Like the slightest sneeze will scare the entire house. I mean, who sneezed? What is happening? You know? Mm. Uh, so it was very, very scary in that sense. And it was very, very heart-wrenching also because my parents had come down uh, for uh, the for uh, the second one's birth. And uh, my grandparents were here and they wanted to spend some time near us. And they had like rented a place a uh, little close to us and we weren't allowed to meet mm-hmm. you know uh, so we spent uh, how much, what was it two three three or four months uh, about 15 minutes away from each other not being able to see each other so it was it was very difficult it was uh, I mean a lot of uh, resentment a lot of anger and a lot of worry I, that that is the, the first six months of uh Kedar's birth that's that's the most <laughs> that's the that's the biggest memory I have and um I mean of course there was like the constant underlying fear that you know something's gonna happen to us with a newborn you it's a new thing nobody knows what uh what it can cause nobody knows what can happen to you so there was always like uh that feeling but that was the that that was one part of the pandemic. The other part of the pandemic was that the fact that uh, my husband was here all the time. <laughs> you know, he he got to spend all this time with the children. Oh. Uh, he was there for every minute of everything with the second one. 
which he wasn't for the first one. And uh, he, didn't need, he didn't even need to take his paternity leave because <laughs> he was at home. Yes. So, uh, I mean, he did, but uh, that's, I mean, he didn't, like, he was working from home. So nice. whenever he was needed, he would be right there. And it was uh, the fact that like throughout this whole uh, pandemic, he has been able to spend so much time with the children. I'm very grateful for the pandemic for that. <laughs> and that should say something about our society that, you know, you have to yeah. wait for like a giant crisis for the father to be able to spend quality time with their children, <laughs> you know. But there you have it. If it, ha- if it wasn't for that, I know for a fact that, you know, children and children would have gotten to see their father for like a maximum of two hours a day, two, three hours a day, like some few in the morning, few in the night. That's it. And the fact that, that, I mean, you know, he had a lot more time with them. We got to co-parent and like, you know, set rhythms in the house together. We've been kind of homeschooling uh, our elder one. Uh, so, the, you know, he was an active part with that. All of that was because of pandemic. So in that, in that sense, it was a good thing <laughs> that we were all stuck together in the house. I absolutely agree with you. I think uh, this is the one thing that has, even for us, right? I think we were the only ones with with a child when the pandemic hit and we had most of our couple friends are, you know, not yet parents. And we were the only ones who were like, wow, this, I mean, for me, it was mind blowing that I was there for nap time and (laughs) doing my job and getting to, you know, uh, just be there, right? So absolutely, I can understand as a working parent, both mother and father, right? You you get to see them for such a limited time in the day when you're working. And, you know, yeah, absolutely, it's been a blessing. Uh, In fact, now uh, we are on the other end of the spectrum because we are worried that he is so used to us. Um, My son was one and a half when the pandemic hit. He's about uh, three now. Uh, about three and you know a little few months over that and uh, he doesn't have a concept of us working it's like what's that you know <laughs> what do you mean you're yeah. going out what 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 is this universe yeah. that you're talking about you know and and that's the thing about you know uh, what you said the comment you made about uh, this saying so much about our society and you know uh, I think this is one of my favorite uh, kind of pet peeves you can say and that is maternity absolutely and when someone tells me well you you should be grateful you guys have six months of maternity leave I feel like banging my head on the table because I mean don't even get me started on what is the issue (laughs) with having a six month maternity leave and a two week maternity leave (laughs) you know let's just completely ignore that this exists yes yeah I mean that's so I mean that's I feel like that's where I differ with a lot of people when when I talk about feminism Uh, to me feminism is as much I would like to go to work I would like to have the choice of not having children I would like to have not the choice of not getting married if I don't want to but also I would like my husband to have like you know decide to quit his job and sit at home and take care of the children when I go to work absolutely I mean that is not an option. I mean, institutionally, it's not an option. I cannot, st- I mean, we actively discussed this. Like we thought, wondered if this is actually possible, but it really isn't because if I go out right now, A, I have like had such a long break 
and uh, be i i can't nearly earn as much as he does <laughs> oh god and, don't get uh, me started on that one <laughs> but yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely right and um see the 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 backlash from the society is just i mean i don't know what our parents will just like our parents will start laughing if we even suggest it to them you know from there on i'm saying parents because like i'm like that's yeah, the yeah. starting point of that's the rest the of the society thing. yeah they just be like are you crazy like what's wrong with you <laughs> you know yeah. so like there is absolutely that option doesn't exist for us and that's just sad <laughs> Right. It's it's so true because in, in this is such a uh, you know is exactly what you're talking about the things that uh, your husband was able to experience because he was home, right? It it says so much that routinely we take for granted that fathers do not need to be a part of that experience because yeah. you know they need to be at work and it's not a choice given to them, right? Yeah. So I mean, how is it? How is it ever going to be? in that way right because if your if if your partner has to go to work the next day you will not wake him up for a night feed that's that's compassion you can't do that right exactly so automatically exactly. what happens is the care work gets more kind of higher for the woman and you know the man has to you know look after his own uh, tasks outside as well right so it it's it's so exactly it's it's There so is that uh... the the that role uh, assign assignment like you know this is what you do this is what you do has to come in at some point but um, that's just there is only so much a person of one human can do one but can, absolutely also the fact that it has to be like you know the the decision that it has to be the husband who goes out and work it has to be the woman who stays at home and it cannot be interchanged and therefore uh, children will not I mean, sorry. The father will not be a part of the parenting team. Of the, I mean, you know, the the mm-hmm. father will not have any influence on the child's upbringing. Is just wrong. <laughs> it's it's illogical, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and uh, you know, so I mean, so many moments from this uh, this entire conversation, uh, which is again so much of. Uh, so if if. in a public or in a uh, you know social event my husband is seen feeding my son or being with him in general and i'm doing something else oh my god it's such a big deal there will be people yes. who come and congratulate me you are I so know. lucky <laughs> do you know you are so lucky you have been your your husband is taking care of the children while you have a fun time i mean my husband is taking care of his children yes. while i'm taking a break <laughs> right right that whole yes. thing is so triggering for me i'm like you know well no one congratulates the 15 mothers who are running after their <laughs> there are literally 15 mothers there in that same event like <laughs> running after their children no one gives a damn about so oh, this guy wow like <laughs> like background music playing and everything that's uh, one kind of you know favorite uh, this of mine the second thing is that uh, if i have to go, if i have to go out there has to be so much arrangement okay checking in are you available blah 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 and you know uh, and a couple of times <laughs> in front of a group of friends my husband said something around yeah no i can't uh, i'm babysitting that night 
I'm like, you're not babysitting, you're parenting. It's your kid. You're <laughs> parenting your kid. There is no babysitting here, right? <laughs> Whose baby are you? I'm doing? not paying you for watching your children. <laughs> you know versus, i mean why is it never babysitting when we do it i mean what is this exactly, yeah. it, it's so, yeah. it's uh, something that riles me up as much as well it's so these are a few of I my know. buttons which are usually right on top of my forehead like just do not press just do not go there. <laughs> absolutely absolutely for me as well because uh and it, this is like you know the minute somebody says something like that i just like like i just tune out i'm just like I'm no longer having a conversation with you because clearly you and I are in a different space, space altogether. <laughs> but, uh, recently, we went to a wedding and, um, you know, it's a wedding. So there is a Sangeet and there is dance practice and all of that. So um, my husband was watching the children while I went uh, for my dance, for the dance practice. And somebody commented, oh, you know, your husband is babysitting while you're having fun dancing with your cousins and whatever. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's taking care of his children. I was like, on some snide comment I made mm-hmm. and I let go. Uh, the next day at the wedding, he was, uh, I was, uh, again, you know, uh, hanging out with my cousins and uh, he was watching the children. He said, he said he wants to take care of the children. He's following the children and that I can do whatever I want to. I was like, great. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Somebody came up to me like, you know, do you think Jayant wants a break? I was like, nobody ever asked me that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I've been watching them for two and a half years. Nobody asked me <laughs> if I want a break. Yeah, absolutely. It just completely but, changes. God yeah. forbid, one hour to one and a half hours, my husband takes care of the children. He needs a break. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> So anyway, I, I, so it's become a thing that, you know, I use in arguments in the way that, you know, well, when the negotiation is going on, who will take up what time slot? So me and my husband have that negotiation. So I'd be like, you should take up all the social events because you will get a footage. Milega. So at all the other times I will watch it. Observe it. When you are being observed, you should do it because you will get a footage. Milega. So it's like, ha, okay, yeah, this sounds like, you know, I get it. Let's my change the work. social. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> scenario (laughs) so yeah so that's absolutely and kind of related to this I also uh, wondering about you mentioned a lot of thoughts ideas around how it is to be there to not have you know a social circle that is not through your husband so I wonder if there is there's obviously isolation there you know I wonder is there do you feel lonely in that context and do you, is there any point at which you experience regret? And how do you navigate those thoughts or those feelings? I do. I, the many a times when I find myself feeling um, not, I mean, feeling um, the lack of somebody to go and just hang out with who is not, uh, I mean, who is like, you know, somebody I know from the same. But um, I haven't really felt alone. I mean, I haven't, it's been a, it's been a feeling of solitude rather than lonely, if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it has given me a sort of, 
it's given me a different kind of perspective to my situation to what i'm what what i want to who i want to be with who i want to uh hang out with it's i'm not sure if i'm explaining this well enough honestly but uh thing is um, it's i have a, a set of friends i have it yes yes and i think that's from that it's given me a bit of a distance and perspective because uh, so i'm an incredibly social person and uh, i in between us i'm the extrovert and my husband is the introvert and it's funny that like he has more friends than i do right now but uh i'm honestly okay with that at this point of time because okay a my plate is full <laughs> and uh, uh be i have enough of my friends who i am in touch with if not like meet in person as such um i'm in touch with them i'm, I'm i i speak to them i have people to talk to when i'm feeling uh upset or you know when when i need somebody to talk to i have people so i haven't it, it hasn't been uh lonely in the sense that you know that i regret being in this situation it has been a feeling of uh uh distance yeah like like uh, a feeling of solitude like this i like i'm liking this quiet <laughs> where i'm don't have like 50000 social events to attend uh i don't have to uh you know appease this person and also that person Mm-hmm. I'm okay with just you know being in this space, having to take care of my children, and then when I want to talk to people, I will call them up and say hello. Uh, so in that way, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, I do miss you know going out and like having a good time with friends. You know, I definitely miss all the eateries in Bombay. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> like. Uh, they being in bangalore that's the one thing i really miss about bombay that's that's the chart uh, now the free <laughs> comment makes so much more sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you know i'm saying by that i mean uh, i miss those experiences mm. but i know for a fact that i can't have those experiences now and even if i do i'm not going to enjoy them mm. so like sure i can go out with a bunch of friends here and throughout that uh, out i'm going to be thinking about my kids yeah. and i'm going to be looking at my watch and saying oh it's the nap time i have to get back and like you know this person i mean kakira is going to be need, uh, looking for me now uh, so it's okay that i don't have that right now i'll go back to it when i can i know i will because i can't not i know that i'm not the type of person who will enjoy this forever <laughs> but for now this quiet space is good <laughs> <laughs> and you know i i i must say this is the even when um, like 3 years ago when i was reaching out to you and talking to you i think this is the one thing that stood out for me in every time you spoke uh, that was one was of course your humor uh, and your wisdom to be able to look at it this way right so there is almost a sense of this contentment and you know ability to inhabit where you are right now uh which is really really rare okay it's hard right it's something you work yeah. on for years to be okay with yeah. where you are and not keep questioning and thinking about what is it or where you are 
you know, in, in a way that it changes your experience of the present moment. So I think this is something that I really, and I wanted to bring it up because I, I think I have, in a way, I wouldn't say I've learned it because I'm horrible at this. <laughs> you know, I'm still pretty much kind of focused on, okay, all of these other things. Uh, but I think this is something that has come into my consciousness because of the way you embody it. And the way you show that, you know, this is, it's okay to not have everything in my plate at this present moment. Uh, you know, I think that is so, <laughs> so true. And uh, the other thing that of what you're talking about, right? Uh, when Once you become a parent, it's not just about not having time. It's also so much about not having the same person. So even with friends, you know, when they invite you out uh, initially, and there is a transition period with them as well, right? But they do not understand this need to be there for every nap <laughs> you know what is this <laughs> you know and it's such a real yeah story, you know? it's, it's cross-cultural because I remember I had I had a French colleague who was in a really bad mood and went on for 45 minutes talking about a friend of hers who was a new mother who backed out of a you know night out plan and it was a big deal because it was somebody's 40th birthday, etc. And how could she and how could she not? And all the while I sat there thinking that she has no idea what land she motherhood is like a land. She's on a different she's in a yeah. different country now, you know. And it's so yeah. hard imagine what the rules of that country are without really being there, you know, and what's Absolutely. important and yeah. what's not. So it's not just about not having time as in a scheduling issue it's just being a different person that cannot sit at a table you know and imagine that this is important and you know while my brain is all over you know kind of thinking about uh, my kids i think that's so important uh, the way you brought that up right we i mean it it comes it really it's it's uh, experience that <laughs> honestly brought me to this like I have tried going out with friends and like I have tried to have fun and like you know go out party just completely ruined it for not just myself but everybody also so so and like that's when I'm like okay this is not for me right now and that's fine but I will come back to it later on you know right. in the same way uh, I mean we felt like firstly because the pandemic life had stopped you know taken a standstill the world had come to a standstill not just us uh, so when like things started opening up we were like oh let's like you know let's venture out uh, we had experience venturing out with one child which was difficult enough now venturing out with two it was it was I mean every time we step out it's like you know preparing for war <laughs> totally <laughs> And then coming out, coming back home, utterly defeated because <laughs> there is nothing you can do that will make your outing uh, enjoyable for you. The children may or may not have fun. Like, yeah. It's entirely up to fate. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you are like, so right now, even now, like when we prepare for an outing or, you know, prepare to sort of travel somewhere or something, it's just a you know you're not going to have fun so like just <laughs> make let's it. get that out of the way <laughs> let's yeah like let's let's remove that expectation and maybe it'll be easier for us <laughs> like if we don't have the pressure of having to enjoy this along with having to make sure that these two survive this <laughs> so for us it's just uh it's come to i mean we've tried a lot of things and come to this realization that you know life is going to be like this for a while now and now we're going to just have to accept it yeah, it's really 
not something that comes very easily but it is something yeah. that is inevitable for us <laughs> yeah i can't imagine like you're saying you know i think and this is also something i read somewhere that uh, one plus one is not two when it's children okay it somehow like just exponentially <laughs> grows so don't think that you know it's just two it's just some exponential number <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. Sure. You know, I'm with one, I think now because he is a little above three, and uh, honestly, I've become pretty shameless. So because see, one first of all, these are pandemic babies. Okay, so they've spent more than half of their lifetime inside the house. So if we go out and he does something that is so called not you know appropriate or whatever, and someone gives me judgmental looks, which is a part of the stress. I don't know if that is for you, but I know. for me it's definitely part of this you know other people kind of getting stressed out or you know okay noisy whatever now i'm like you know you don't even know what it's like so i don't care if you're judging <laughs> yeah. me you have no idea yeah, what yeah. you're doing okay <laughs> and what a preparation and kind of you know emotion this entire experience has taken from us that just to step out with him you know i mean it's okay if he flung a glass of it it's fine <laughs> Look at the larger yeah. view. I don't care if you're judging us or if you think that we are incompetent parents. You're seeing like one yeah. micro slice of our entire lives, and you have no absolutely. Clue. You have no clue what it's all. Yeah. So yeah, so that is the one thing that kind of you know. For sure, even I used to be the type of person who used to constantly wonder, like, you know, what people are thinking of me, and I laugh at myself when I think about back in those days. I used to care what whether people were looking or not. <laughs> Now I it doesn't matter. Like if you so like I said, we went for this wedding, and uh, I had packed little snack pouch uh, pouches of snacks, and uh, my children are used to. Uh, eating at a certain time if food is not available at that time they will not eat and then my life is ruined for that day <laughs> so i had to make sure that these little snack boxes are available and uh the judgy it's not really judgy just just like in, in, intrigued look on people's faces oh you have packed food for your children at a wedding i'm just like Yeah, <laughs> most important place to have food ready for your children <laughs> because children can't eat most of the food. There. And and the thing is, it's such a it's such a new thing for people. Oh, like you know, ये भी होता है. Well, it's like I don't care what you're thinking right now. This is required. Like end absolutely. of story. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, which kind of connects me to another question, which is, uh, and this is also one of my favorite topics, which is, are you the kind of parent you imagine you would be so i had always uh, i had a lot of ex- experience parenting before i became a parent i have a lot of uh, uh, younger cousins that i often took care of and you know so uh, like i was a certain way with them and like uh, you know when the you know when we got married also i would be like you know when we get when we uh, have children we're going to be like this we're going to be like that and we are constantly aspiring to be that you know uh, like you know one of those you know, we're not we're going to be gender neutral about everything uh-huh. uh we're going to uh, be we we're going to do gentle parenting you know there is const- we we have these constructs in our heads like both jayant and me we have this this ideas in our head that you know we adhere to and hold on to very tightly sometimes too tightly <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, you can't hold on to any construct too tightly because you are going to you know yeah. 
at some point burst out in anger or you know do something yeah. that you weren't intending to do absolutely so i think one of those things that uh, we are still learning is that we have to take uh, we have to be a little what's the word for it uh, lenient with ourselves <laughs> we have to be a little uh, uh, yeah we have to go easy on ourselves with our principles and our ideas and our you know uh, hopes and dreams for our children because uh, nothing is ever going to be exactly as uh, you know we had hoped for but that's it yeah like i'm like i thought of myself to be a certain kind of parent and trying to be as much as possible <laughs> so it's 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 a struggle it's a fight but yeah i think i think i think we'll be doing pretty okay i'm so sure there, i'm there, sure there are, there are times where they're utterly utterly like losing everything but to be honest uh, i always did think that i would be a lot more collected as a parent which is it was just a silly thing to think about just how silly of me to have believed that i could be collected <laughs> yeah so, but yeah i think i think on the whole uh, um, it's all everything that i had hoped it would be it's amazing that's amazing i think and it's interesting you mentioned gentle parenting because that's my thing with you know not just gentle parenting but most of these types of you know whether you look at it as attachment parenting and all these other you know uh, which make a lot of sense but my only question or to that is when you say gentle parenting you have to be gentle with your kid but there's never any mention about how you should be with yourself and it's interesting that that's exactly the thing you say right that we have to be lenient with ourselves too because there can be hard days uh, right and if we beat ourselves up over the hard days or you know the not perfect days and the next day is not going to be kind of you know the way it could have yeah. been right so no but it's you cannot be a gentle parent without being gentle to yourself you exactly. have to give it's you know uh, i'm sure I've, i've told this to you also when we were when you know we were chatting well <clears throat> when you were during your pregnancy and everything uh as long as you are comfortable your child is comfortable Absolutely. If you are uncomfortable, your child is going to be uncomfortable. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. If you are happy, your child is happy. If you are unhappy, and it's a, it's 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 at a very physical level. It's at a very basic level. Like you know, it's not even something that is. Uh, I'm I'm not even going towards philosophy. It's just mm. the all 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 your uh, what do you call it the. Uh, Uh, lactation consultants will tell you that you know uh, when you are breastfeeding your child you have to be comfortable in the position that you are holding your child otherwise your child is not feeding right. you know from there onwards it's it's the it's the same principle i have uh, applied throughout my parenting experience like you know i if i am feeling tired i have to take a break and the children have to understand that i'm going to be taking a break right now and that they need to find comfort somewhere else <laughs> you know and they will like <clears throat> uh, it it is difficult for them sometimes but it is a, a boundary that they need to be okay with from right now right so that uh, you know i mean that's it's it's that learning of boundaries from right now absolutely and uh, 
uh, it is also to give myself that much space because if i'm going to be uh, you know tiring myself to a point where i can't you know think straight i'm not able to i'm not going to be able to be a good parent i'm not going to be able to make logical decisions i'm just going to be constantly tired and angry and resentful through through my entire parenting <laughs> uh career so i'm i'm it has to be a it has to be a fine balance where you ensure that you are well rested you ensure that you are comfortable you ensure yourself to be in a good happy place so that you know that your child can be in a good happy environment absolutely it's, i think that's uh, so important yeah and i i absolutely remember this minka in fact uh and this is one of the reasons why you know all of our interactions meant so much to me at that time because for so many things you allowed me to you know kind of care for myself in many ways you permitted me because it was so hard and you know i was so hard on myself in that period that until then i had not even allowed myself to lie down and feed my child you know because <laughs> even feeding for me was like this thing i have to do you know absolute yeah. attention attention like full focus you know no yeah. you know yeah. you're so hard on yourself and when you said it you don't work actually, hard to make yeah, sure exactly it has to be hard work otherwise you're not doing it right yeah. uh, you know yeah yeah when you, you told me and yeah. i realized oh yes i can get rest while he gets nutrition it makes absolute sense there's no reason <laughs> but it shouldn't be like that you know and it's yeah. so that these these simple things are the ones that are not kind of you know easily accessible available right because every yeah. other person in my life at that point told me don't you dare feed him while you're lying down you know oh. it was that yeah. a strong message and it was such a thing for me but absolutely i completely agree with you know what you're saying and um a oh. lot of things that you know you hear uh, people say comes from a very patriarchal misogynistic kind of a, uh, a culture where you know mother has to work really hard to i mean mother is the only source of nutrition mother is the only uh, uh, yeah you know parent mother is the most important person in the child's yeah. life whatever mother does wrong is going to directly affect the child the pressure the the and everything the child uh, does wrong is also the mother is also the mother's fault of course like yeah. there is nothing no i mean there is nothing you can do right in that situation right and like so many things that uh, i heard you know that later on i learned was absolute nonsense <laughs> uh, <laughs> like for example during my first labor i remember uh, constantly trying to go on all fours uh i i didn't want to uh, i didn't want to lie on my back it was very mm-hmm. uncomfortable to lie on my back i wanted to lie on my side or go on all fours and every every time i would turn the nurse would come and start yelling at me you know mm-hmm. what are you trying to do are you trying to like you know you going to hurt the child the child is going to come ulta and all. and i'm just like and at, at that point of time like there is no uh, you know you're in labor yeah, yeah. <laughs> all this yelling is just just like it's a haze of sound like, you know <laughs> uh, but uh, like in, in retrospect when i think about it a don't like this is the worst kind of pain in the human a human can experience and you're yelling at me <laughs> and the second thing is it is perfectly normal it is absolutely natural for a mother to want to go on all fours when they are on labor apparently yeah. it, uh, in fact uh, the 
there is some logic behind uh, you know the the gravity helping mm-hmm. the child come down further and all of that so it's it's okay for you to be on all fours so <laughs> so whatever she was yelling at yelling at me for was absolute nonsense you know mm-hmm. but the fact that i wanted it and uh, you know that is what i wanted to do and that is not what is normally done you know that is mm-hmm. not what she has seen other people do makes it like the worst thing that i can possibly do for my child and how dare you even you know consider doing it and it's a, yeah. it's a, it's something that i'm doing wrong i mean of course as during labor hardly thinking about it but like i could have carried so much guilt about that later on you know if something it wasn't happened. for say google something had something wrong happened like so much guilt i could have been carrying out, carrying because of that and like you know everything in the mom guilt is like you know otherwise only exists like you know everything that you feel everything that you have done you feel is you know going to affect the child so like you know slightest wrong thing happens to the child you are automatically feeling but when there is like this cultural filter of everything people saying that the mother is doing wrong it makes it so much worse <laughs> it makes it so much more intense Absolutely. and if it hadn't been for like people talking or the internet i'm sure i would have been like you know completely like drowning in it because i love guilt like i'm normally also as a human being <laughs> i enjoy taking on guilt so this would have just killed me i feel which is also why i feel like it's so important to have people who are experiencing it with you you know for you for them to tell you that you know even i felt the same way even i feel the same way and it's uh, okay feel uh, not just a sense of solidarity but also the assurance that you're not doing everything wrong <laughs> the validation of it absolutely the validation is yes, absolutely so yeah so you know i have i'm and i'm so sad to even come towards the end of this conversation because it's so much fun to just talk uh, about it but i have one question that i cannot let go and i must ask uh, because i feel you're like one of those who does this so well and uh, so if there was a motherhood survival kit right what would yours kind of consist of how do you survive this you know um one is the absolute uh, trust in your own instinct if you as a mother feels this is right this is right no matter what the world is saying uh so just the, the the trust in yourself that you know this is how uh, this is fine for your child that is one thing you would that that you should definitely have the other is a support group that involves that includes people who are going through like i said the same experiences that you are it really helps if you don't have friends i would say join one of those groups uh, for sure because uh, then the assurance the solidarity the the validation that you get from you know talking to people uh, who are going through the same thing is just irreplaceable it's it's absolutely essential at this i feel and the last thing would be uh, an assurance that oh sorry not the last thing one thing you also need to have is is the ability to you know let it go <laughs> <laughs> to be able to say it's fine <laughs> that this has happened uh, uh, you know 
look at it hopefully with a little bit of humor <laughs> the last thing is everything is reversible like you know nothing you have done is going to cause lasting damage to your child you can always uh, you know repair it i mean in some way in one way or the other that that the knowledge that that can happen i think that's what you that's what you need in your kit <laughs> that's so so true and i think all of this is i can remember a couple of these when you when we spoke and uh, the things that i have also latched on to uh, but yeah definitely also the bit about solidarity and finding support i think this is something when i work with mothers today this is something i always tell them that you there's no reason you have to do this alone you know so whatever that means for you whoever that means for you there is no reason that you have to you don't have to do a single feed alone you know psychologically speaking you don't have to do anything alone you have you reach out you will find someone out there who's also probably you know uh, in these right because there's so much also guilt around all of that right uh, am i yeah. talking too much about these things am i you know so much of <laughs> censorship we do of our own, ongoing censorship na what have, what is this person has yes. become what am i doing and this constant <laughs> watching ourselves uh, do these things also everything to do with pregnancy and motherhood is 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 shrouded in secret like you know it's not <laughs> something that you publicly talk about yeah. like oh like you're going into labor Shh, don't tell anybody how <laughs> how it went <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you like, know oh my that? god things coming out of you <laughs> well, you know so nobody true. needs to know about it no i i don't know what that is and where that came from and it is single most most frustrating thing for me is that there there is just no you know i i my favorite response and this is something that comes from uh, the punjabi side of my family is jab khud kariye na pata chal jayega you'll know when you go through it well <laughs> can you can you give me some can you give me some clues? <laughs> I mean, and these are women giving birth to four children, five children. I mean, you know, it's almost like, ah, up to the leg, you know. What the... I'm like, hello, can we not like make this? <laughs> and yeah, and because of that culture, like so many, I mean, people our age, I find like you know, who are uncomfortable dis- discussing, uh, you know, your their period, their menstrual cycles, or or you know, the pregnancy things that are happening to their bodies, and I love. Sh- talking them with descriptions of what i could <laughs> like i absolutely revel in their discomfort <laughs> i just I mean, i mean more because like you know i just want them to know that this happens to me and like i'm okay talking about it so yeah. you know you can also be okay if you feel like it <laughs> yeah again the whole quite feminist thing is just coming back to me because this is so totally <laughs> very quite feminist of you <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you without telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know. I think it's yeah. important. I think that discomfort uh, is important. You know. Uh, that why is it? Yeah. I mean, it's some. It's it's how you've come into the world. Why is it? Yeah. I mean, what is the you know logic here? Yeah. Absolutely. So, <laughs> thank you so much, Menka. I don't feel like letting <laughs> you go and let it be. but yeah hopefully i will get you on again <laughs> and we will have some more uh, conversations <laughs> yeah because there's so much uh, i think that we can kind of go into this and yeah again thank you so much for just being you for bringing in all of this wisdom wit humor perspective you know and just being there and you know being the my lighthouse for sure uh, and yeah just thank you so much for also sparing this time 
I'm so happy to be here and thank you for having this platform to begin with you know I think it's a lovely initiative it's going to really really help I've, I've shared it with all my uh, mom friends like you know for them to experience what uh, I mean they I mean share that like you know find other people who have experienced the same thing it's really really important that you know this comes out in the in the public eye and uh, yeah thank you that I mean I'm grateful that I was able to contribute in whatever way I could. I really hope that your listeners get something out of this. I'm sure, I'm sure they will. Thank you, Manika. <laughs> Thank you so much.